What is your favorite scene from the sequel trilogy in the Star Wars saga? We'll let you know hours a little bit later. We're doing a Kessel Run. So welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, the Kessel Run is back. We're going to go over our collective 12 favorite moments. Well, I should say scenes in the sequel trilogy. We'll get to that later. Uh, James and Lacey with me as always. Um, guys, are uh, you excited now that the this trilogy's done? We've kind of been talking about this for the, the past year or so when we've had these lists talking about sequel trilogy, our favorite quotes and that sort of thing. Ah, oh, we got to revisit this when episode nine comes out. Well, now we can. So we now we can incorporate the Rise of Skywalker and stuff like that. Um, Lacey, I, I know uh, you love the Kessler run, right? It's a, it's a fun segment. You like to have a good time with this thing. Yes, and I don't normally have good ideas, but today was my idea. <laughs> so hey! I've done one thing for this podcast, and it's the 12 <laughs> best scenes. Oh my God. <laughs> the sequel trilogy. Jeez. Um, the, uh, the Patreon mailings went out, right? Yeah. No, I say that because Lacey runs our Patreon page. She's 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 being humble is what she's doing, folks. And self-deprecating. Uh, self-deprecating is a good way to put it. Um, speaking of self-deprecating, um, James, those uh, those Ray shirts. <laughs> Do you, you realize were- on Monday you said speaking of chlorine? James, speaking of self-deprecation. Well, what if they didn't watch Monday or listen to Monday's episode? Now they have no idea what we're talking about. Um, James, the the I Am All the Jedi shirt is a success with people. They dig it. So good job uh, with that design, man. Thanks. I I didn't design it. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Not really. And then I was going, can you line up this letter with this line? Can you line up this letter with this line? (laughs) Who, whose idea was the shirt? I don't know. I came up with the Kessler run. So I've done two things for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I, I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, but if you go back and look at all the pieces to that shirt, none of it was me. I just put it together. I'm also now the creator of Make Solo 2 Happen, if you remember yes, <laughs> from I a do. couple weeks ago. I am... The creator. So is James. Yeah. So I have that. I forget why. John doesn't like Han Solo or something, right? Yeah. he's He doesn't think he's the best pilot in the galaxy. Oh, yeah. So came up with it. This is the weirdest (laughs) opening we've ever had. I hope this isn't people's first time (laughs) listening to our podcast because we are just... You're welcome. I listened to the the Resistance, one of our recent reviews. They're professional... They're just on point. Their 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 chemistry is fantastic, and then we come out. Oh, yeah, well, I don't know about me, but you and the blah. That's Jeez. literally just an impression of me. You're welcome. Jeez, no, but <laughs> you know what we are. We are good at uh, when we're not self-deprecating. Speaking of self-deprecating, we have this segment that has nothing to do with self-deprecating, and it's called "One with the Force." <laughs> And uh, Baze Malbus, who would never admit that he's one with the Force, is going to tell us that he's one with the Force right now. I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it. I'm trying to think of Chariot. Is he self deprecating? (laughs) Because, like, Baze is like, I saved you. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. I'm blind. Yeah, he is. Yeah. 
Yeah, or he says I, we, like anything he does, he's like, I owe it all to the force. It wasn't me. I'm I'm mm, not good. You know, mm-hmm. we've said the the words self deprecating so much, I forgot what they mean completely. Like I, <laughs> it means nothing. Um, we are not in that section anymore. Uh, we're in the one with the force. Now, if you guys mm. have not tuned in before, uh, or you need a quick reminder, what we're going to do is we're going to list off a couple different situations, situations, as, uh, Lacey would say. And, mm. um, we're going to try to pick one specific answer to each one of those questions Look, it's like a board game. We're just going to get into it. You'll get it as we move along. The first one is going to be the Star Wars original trilogy always held uh, is always held as the gold standard. So let's have some fun taking shots at it for a change. Thanks for that copy, John. Uh, what's one scene from the original trilogy that you could do without? Who do you want to start with? Who, who wants to go first? John. Uh, I, I picked the Jedi rocks scene in, uh, Oh, come on. That doesn't count. Why? That doesn't Why count. Why doesn't that count? You can't get rid of a scene that was added <laughs> it, in the special edition. Why not? It exists. How come every time we have one of these, this is like a new thing now on the podcast <laughs> where we give, I give my answer and you goes like, that doesn't count. Yes, it counts. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> go ahead, John. So, go. all right, go ahead. <laughs> go Why ahead. doesn't it count? I'm hitting pause on the progress of the podcast. This is going to be a two-hour podcast now because we're going to have an hour discussion about sliced noodles. Because I, I, I get what you're saying. You're, you're saying they added this stuff. I don't like it. It is what it is now. If I could have my way, I'd take that out. But I feel like it's kind of unfair to remove things that they added. Um. Because that doesn't that doesn't play into this question, which is it's held at the gold standard. Let's talk about what made Star Wars the the the, the movie that it is, and not the things that are like easy pickings. Oh my god! Really? Because my answer was nice noodles. <laughs> was it really? Seriously, you guys? <laughs> or Jabba's get or Harrison Ford stepping on Jabba's tail? <laughs> Okay, I'll give a real answer. Do you want a real answer? Okay, not special edition. I have to think of a new one now. So. so my answer would be the shot of Darth Vader going into the cell with Leia with the torture droid. I don't think you need it. it, it she's already in detention. You don't need the, the idea that she's being tortured. Like that doesn't add anything for me. It just seems mm-hmm. like kind of a cutaway to kind of show how, I guess, bad vader is but they've already blown up her planet so i don't know (laughs) that scene to me i was just like okay i got i got i got one i'll add that maybe will be allowed on the final edit of the podcast um (laughs) we don't we we don't the final edit (laughs) (laughs) i can give you everything um the when they get caught in the net in return of the jedi when chewie grabs the that weird vulture thing. I feel mm-hmm. like one Chewie's smarter than that. He is 200 years oh, old and knows how to fly freighters yeah. and, mm-hmm. and ships. And all of a sudden he just turns into a stupid dog who grabs food and gets caught in a net. Like mm-hmm. I would get rid of them because then, then they get out two seconds later 
and th- it has no impact on anything. It's just a funny right. thing that they, they added in. Just gone to yeah. the Ewoks. Yeah. So yeah. them getting caught in the net is pointless to me. I think. That's a great good, choice. It, yeah, good answer. And actually, mine is is similar to that Vindicated. too, which was <laughs> in uh, a New Hope. I don't think that you needed to have the trash compactor scene. They. <gasps> Why? Why are you guys so astonished? It's the exact same oh. reason. They go I down love there. That scene. Yeah, I like they that go scene. down there. They uh like Luke gets attacked, but he gets away. So it it's not it's not like it's part of the story mm. or anything. They do get out, and when they get out, it's just like it they're still in the same situation. They're gonna figure out that we went from here to here. Like, why go from A to B to C? Why not just go A to C? It it doesn't it builds on the world and it's fine. But again, if you're going to cut out a scene, I think that someone watching Star Wars for the first time wouldn't be like, I don't understand what's going on right now. If you remove that portion of it, other than like uh, Luke would be like washing his hair. I think it's the idea that they're forced into a situation that they're about to seriously. Do you want to talk about why the net needs to be in the movie? I'm just saying. No, I'll put it this way. I got, I have to break the fourth wall here. I got a little a little spicy on Monday. So today <laughs> I'm putting it in cruise control at 55 miles an hour. And I'm not going to argue with James's choice. I love it. I think it's great. And let's move on. That's exactly the opposite the of what you just did. <laughs> all right. All right. Next. I don't know where to go with that. Why is that <laughs> such a bad choice? It's anyway. not a bad choice. It's great. It's great. What's uh, the next question? Uh, Star Wars has a ton of great action scenes. Which one is your favorite? Uh, Lacey, go first. That's fine. Sorry. Everyone knows my answer probably. Uh, Jabba Barge. Easy. Best action sequence in Star Wars. Hands down. Everything from like the musical cues, like the dun, dun, dun. And then it just mm-hmm. takes off. Um, I, I love when. I love when Lacey answers these questions. You know why? She positions it as though there's no other <laughs> choice. She goes, that's the best, hands down, no question about it. And it's then, true. And then you're like, John, how about you? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it is the best. I just love everything about it. Harrison Ford's hilarious. He can't see. Leia's like killing <laughs> Java. Sorry. It yeah. is good. Yep. Java Selbarch. Uh, the Kessel Run in Solo, Star Wars Story. Ooh, that's um, a good one. I feel like it was something that was talked about forever and should have been a disappointment because people were had been talking about it forever since the first Star Wars movie, and they absolutely crushed it out of the park. Uh, the teamwork, uh, Chewie getting in with Han, the, like doing the moves where he's flipping the tie into the thing and doing the needles with the skidding, all the like. That's right, baby. Like it was so vintage uh fun star wars to me and every time that sequence is on my phone goes down and i watch that front to back um yeah solo uh kessel run hands down best scene hands down best scene (laughs) the number one anything else anybody says is going to be second to that um that's why it's called solo um For me, it's uh, the end of Return of the Jedi. So there's a, it's, I don't want to say it's cheating uh, because it, it is all kind of like, it's, it's all three of the, the things and how they work together. 
But if if I really was going to pinpoint it, it's the space battle for me. I, I think there's some just something so intriguing about how they show up. They're about to attack, but the, the, the enemies are standing still and they're like, they're trying to figure it out. Pull off, all craft, pull off. And, and, and they're, they're hit from the side and stuff. And then it just turns into this like chaos. And it's like, you'd never seen that on film before. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, just how much how much escalated is it that you had to shoot something into the Star Destroyer or I'm sorry Death Star this time you had to take all your ships and go to the center and blow mm-hmm. it up and get out before that thing it's just so tense I love it yeah and he gets yeah. out just the, yeah I love it that's a good <laughs> is that the, is that the space battle where they think they're kind of in okay shape and then all of a sudden like five billion Tie Fighters just come out. It's a like, trap. Like I mean, th- it, I mean, that's probably the scene you're thinking of. They said, "Why are they all waiting if they don't know that we're coming?" And they yeah. say, "All craft pull off," and then they hit them from the side, and they're like, "It's a trap." So all yeah, of a yeah. sudden, they're just like swarmed in in Tie Fighters, and they didn't expect that. Okay, yeah, no, um, that is awesome scene. Yeah, so. I thought you were going to go with the end of Rogue One, but I had considered it. But I mean, if you if you look at like what we're doing here, like an action scene, like I love the end of Rogue One for what it means. But the the space battle, as good as it is, I I still think there's so much more impact at the end of Return of the Jedi of what they're actually doing at that moment. I agree. Um, all right, name one character you would not want to be seated next to on a long flight. John, you're first on this one. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> He well for a few reasons. One, he t- he'll take up a lot of space because he's a big dude, and he'll probably he's got jacked arms, and he would be fighting you with the armrest. And two, he would just you know the talking, like kind of like when he was talking Qui Gon's ear off. Um, that'd be that'd be tough. So uh, nothing against Georgia, but that'd be my pick. I could see him like messing up the seat and somehow breaking it and somehow breaking your seat in the process. And whipping me like, with oh, his, his like, little, Misa. yeah, whipping me in the face with his ears and stuff. Yeah. Did, did, uh, it's your turn, Lacey, but did Jar Jar, was that one of your possible answers at one point? No, it wasn't actually. Oh, it wasn't. Cause mm-hmm. my first thought was Jar Jar, but I, I went away from him. My first pick is Jabba. Gross. <laughs> He's big. He's a slug, so he's probably got a, like a smell to him. Mm-hmm. Just gross. And yeah. then he's gross towards women. So I'm yeah. a woman. It would just be disgusting. And then he'd probably like demand things throughout the flight, or be like, oh, he'd like get the inside seat, but like he really needed the aisle, so he'd want to yeah. get up all the time. Ugh. Extra leg room. Gross. Imagine being the TSA agent who has to pat him down. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> yeah. My my pick is Lady Proxima. Oh, that's um, a good choice. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things. How would she get the water on the flight? That's part of it. Yeah. So so I started with Jar Jar, and there were other reasons why I moved away from, but. I at one point I thought I wouldn't want to be on a flight next to Chewie from Solo when he's in the mud pit, but I thought that was too oh. specific of a time because you can't say Chewie, you know, you got to say Chewie in this like one little frame. Oh, yeah. 
And mm-hmm. I, I was like, what is it about that Chewie that is awful? And it's that he's wet. And I was like, what's a character that's like wet all the time? <laughs> and you said Jabba's yeah. slimy. It's true, but he's not wet. And I was just not want to be next to someone whose wetness is getting into my seat. She Her has wetness. a horrible voice, horrible look. She's giant. I don't even know how giant she is. She could. She'd never lift the the guard of the window because she likes oh, darkness. Right. Yeah, yeah, her she, skin will get all burnt up. She'd have to like put part of her body over me to fit in the thing. It's just, it's not good. None what of kind of flight is this? Yeah, if the yeah. flight's delayed, I she's like, peanuts. They're like, uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to be taking off in about 30 minutes. A little delayed on the uh, tarmac here. And she's like, well, what happened? <laughs> she's basically the Karen of Star Wars characters. Yes, she is. Yeah. A yeah. wet one. A wet Karen. Yeah. You Not, didn't put that seatbelt together. You made a clicking sound with your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a joke in there somewhere, but I couldn't think of one. I was like, we didn't really <laughs> land. It was a bouncing sound or something. It wasn't working. Yeah. Um, all right. Who we got here? Last question. Who is the best character that was first introduced in the prequel trilogy? Now, to be fair... We are not doing like Anakin because he was technically introduced in the other one. So it's got to be a character that we first saw for the first time in the prequel trilogy and where we think their character went from that point on. Uh, John, I think you're first on this. I think we did Lacey last. No, 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 no. Lacey's first. You want me to go first? You you go first. Darth Maul. That's why I wanted you to go first. Darth Maul? I knew you were going to pick Darth Maul. Because he's, he's... He's the best option. He, there's no other choice. <laughs> no, and now I, we're going to the Patreon pod race. Yeah, I had a couple. <laughs> I had a couple other that I had considered, and when I got to Darth Maul, I thought it's that's. I'm if I don't go first. This is funny that you let me go first. If I was like, if I don't go first on that one, somebody else is going to pick it. So, yeah, because I, um, I, I think he's the to. the most expanded character from that trilogy. From that trilogy, yeah. That's why I wanted you to go first, because I had Maul, too. So you also picked Maul? No, I have a backup. Lacey, who you got? Hands down, the number one choice for the prequel trilogy is Darth Maul. Oh. Is that your choice, too? Yeah. He's the coolest. He had the, the best introduction slash scene where the doors open, and he just lights up his lightsaber. Super cool. I just, so it's the best. Yeah. So I, I think what we should do here, probably John, you can tell us your backup if you want, but I think we just need to will the force like ding, ding, ding it. And just okay, say we I, all agree. My second would have been Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I considered Dooku as well. Like I know oh, yeah, that's not bad. He yeah. has some expansive stuff as well. And I think we're going to learn more about him when we, you know, um, I just Actually, think of that guy in the I'm movie theater about. just so excited for Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say when we get into the High Republic stuff, but I, I, I was blanking. That's not that's not Dooku's era. I think of him often. <laughs> yeah. James's memory went blank, blank. Blank, blank. That's it for <laughs> One with the Force. Uh, Lacey, do we have any uh, patrons who want to say anything this week? We do. It's time for the Patreon pod race. So how this works, guys, 
is outside of watching this and listening to us and liking things, commenting, subscribing, ringing that bell for notifications, following on Twitter at RBATSWNN, tweeting us, etc. You can be a part of our Patreon community at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, up to higher tiers, you get access, special videos, um, just cool stuff. And if you're a part of our generals, you get a chance to be a part of the show. So that's what this segment is. It's the Patreon pod race. This week, we have General Andrew Staley. And his question, which we give them 60 seconds to answer a topic, and then we comment on it, was, besides K2SO, what other notable characters would he be happy to see appear in the Cassian Andor series? Um, which, as we know from previous episodes of TRB, James is super excited about the Cassian series. And it's happening. And here's why. Tell him, Andrew. So I'd really like to see uh, some of the Star Wars Rebels characters, if at all possible, in the Cassian Andor Disney Plus series. Uh, Any of the main characters that we saw in animation come into live action would be really neat. Um, but also characters from Solo. might be kind of odd to have Han and Chewie meet up with Cassian, but I think uh, Kira with Crimson Dawn would definitely line up, and Infus Ness would be the big one. I think that makes a lot of sense, her connections with the Rebellion and uh, her connections with somewhat with Saw Gerrera. So I think it'd make a lot of sense to bring her in, and it could also use that to springboard into a Make Solo 2 Happen uh, solo series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so I think those would be uh, my main wishes for the Cassian series and looking forward to it i think i'll have a lot of cool stories to tell with the pre rogue one casting and k2 thanks a lot guys and may the force be with you (laughs) andrew thank you so much for your answers first of all you have the best backdrop ever i love your ray door very cool Mm -hmm. james what do you think of his his answers so i don't know who came first the chicken or the egg uh if andrew is pulling this information from things that I've said on the show before, or if I'm just hearing what he's saying and saying, absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Cassian Andor series in a way has a platform to kind of be what people want out of more solo stories mm-hmm. um, because they take place or take place in a close enough era. Um, I, th- I think that a lot of the things that they like about that with the the underground and needing to be a spy and stuff could very well pull into Enfys Nest, could pull into Kira, potentially could pull into Maul. Um, so I, in a way, hearing the Cassian Indoor series is exciting for me um, uh, just on its own. But I think that there's a potential that Lucasfilm considers the Cassian show to be an extension of solo, the movie. So that's, Mm. and I'm a hundred percent with you, Andrew. John. Yeah. I mean, uh, I agree with what James said, as long as that doesn't mean that that's them saying we gave you your follow up to solo, because that is not that to me, but yeah. 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 um, uh, Amphis nest, I think would be the one uh, that seems the most likely to me. Aaron Kellyman is still around going to conventions. She was at celebration. Um, I don't know what she has in the works right now, but it wouldn't, it would it'd be the least surprise to me to see her. Uh, I think that it just works so much and it's not a shoehorn. It just makes sense because she's a part of the uprooting of the rebellion. So uh, I, I thought all your answers were great. Andrew, you did a great job. Uh, you always nail these things and your backdrop is almost intimidating. Um, 
Because I, I feel like nothing. every time, almost every time we look, it's a new a layer of either Black Series or vintage figures that you got back there. Um, and that's a pretty sweet uh, Mando getup you got there with the sweatshirt. But um, y- you are the epitome of a good Star Wars fan. You, uh, It's honestly an honor that you have like chosen us to, to support us in the way that you do uh, on Patreon. You're an ambassador for TRB as much as we are an ambassador for, for you guys. So uh, you're the man, Andrew. And I can't wait to hang out with you again. I keep saying that, but we're getting closer, man. Six months till celebration. So... Uh, and Daytona 500 coming up, so I want to know who you're rooting for. Is it the last time for Jimmy Johnson? I know you're a big fan. We'll see, buddy. But thanks, man. Andrew, I think you made some really awesome choices, but like these guys have said, the number one thing that stuck out to me in your answers was Emphis Nest because she's Emphis best. She's honestly the coolest character also, to Emphis, come out of. Yes, yes. That's how you can vote. She was one of, if not the coolest character to come out of Solo. Um, And I think there is a lot of potential to work her in, like James said, into Cassia. And it just makes sense in the timeline uh, that she would be a part of that. Um, And it would just be really cool, like, to add more of that, like, underground grassroots building of the Rebellion, um, which would support Cassian. And I want that choir song back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. So good. With the kid like the children, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, like kids with the voices. child choir and stuff. Yeah. This is that's 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 I, I I'm I'm going off on a rant, sorry. That's what I don't like about The Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker soundtracks. It's like where's that song? You know? Like right. something that sticks out that's just like you want to listen to it. You get it in your head. And you got to go back. Every time I'm listening to those albums, it's the greatest hits. It's the Force theme. It's Ray. It's Kylo. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm over this. Come on. I want a new, like, really cool banger. <laughs> it's yeah. two in a row. Two weeks, two episodes in a row. Do you guys the, know? The word of the week is. Yeah. What, do you know what type <laughs> of uh, toothpaste Enfys uses? <laughs> What is it? You touch your nose or something when somebody says it? What's that from? That's from Figure It Out. Is it? <laughs> Nickelodeon. Yeah. They get slimed if they say the word. What did you Sorry. say, John? John, you know what toothpaste? Kind of to- toothpaste. Infus no, Crest. This is bad. We should just move on. Yep. Kessel Run. Damn it. Got him. Speaking of John, we're heading into the... <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> What was the joke? What was the punchline? Uh, Infest Crest. Oh. Now, usually how this works is Get it you guys say what, and I say it, and then you give me a disgusted look. But this time you knew the answer and ruined it. <laughs> That's right. what I do. Ruin things. Now heading into the discussion. Take it away, John. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You know what she does in the morning? She gets Enfys dressed. All right, here we are. It is time for the Kessel Run. We're doing the 12 best scenes, aka our favorite scenes, in the sequel trilogy. We're talking The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and now The Rise of Skywalker. Um, So yeah, the sequel trilogy is complete. So um, we took about a month or so, let The Rise of Skywalker settle in. Some things maybe stand out more than others now at this point. Um, We've all seen it several times, so... 
We've put together our list. Now, before we get into ours, uh, definitely in the comments, drop uh, what your favorite scenes are as well and keep the discussion going. I'm sure there's a bunch of scenes, tons of scenes in these three movies. We're only picking 12, so I'm sure you're going to have other ones. Um, and let's get into it right now. Uh, I don't, we haven't decided in order yet. Usually we do that. So does anyone want to go first? Does anyone want to go last? Does it matter to anybody? I don't care. That's is not it. Um, I think I went first last time, didn't I? I'll go first. John, and then me, and then Lacey. Okay. Here we go. L- Lacey likes to think because her answers are always like the greatest and it's the definitive. Like Lacey's very competitive. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that Kessel voice run. you were just doing? I'm not, don't, don't you roka me right now. The greatest. <laughs> <Don't you. laughs> they were the greatest choices. <laughs> It I went in a little that. bit, and then you pulled yourself back. You're like, I did no she says the thing. greatest, but then also she does. I heard it. Go back and listen. So it's then okay. one time, Lacey called me, and she's like, "Hey, what's your problem?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I get it. <laughs> where's my list? Okay. All right, so my list. Um, I didn't really put them in any order. So which one am I going to go with first? That's why in the notes it says random order. Yeah, uh, my first one is going to be Kylo Ren and Hux uh, after Kylo Ren wakes up um, after his confrontation with Rey over the lightsaber. Uh, I know James is shaking his head because we talked about this last week and he's not a huge fan of this, but it is for me. So Kylo Ren wakes up, there's Hux, he's about to take his blaster and he puts it away and uh, Kylo Ren just kind of starts barking orders saying like, let's get all the fleets. Let's finish this. Go to crate. And he's like, how? And Huck says, how dare you? And it gets to the point where Kylo Ren starts choking Hux in a very violent manner. And it zooms in up and to him. So it's showing he's a dominant presence because the camera's coming from below. And uh, Hux is saying, our Supreme Leader's dead. And he starts choking him. And he says, the Supreme Leader is dead. And he's like gritting his teeth. I absolutely love that scene and that moment from that from the moment he wakes up to Hux almost shooting him to him choking him out and and Hux squirming like a little worm. Uh, so um, <laughs> I, I just enjoy that whole interaction. It's full blown angry Kylo Ren. That's how I like him. So that's my first pick for the sequel trilogy. Favorite scene? Um, yeah, it's weird that I'm going after you because to talk about this <laughs> now, I I I fully know what you're saying with that scene um i just i have a problem with the line and the line confuses me and i don't see why it doesn't confuse other people because to me it's just like he's at he's like i am not not the supreme leader and it's like that's bad that doesn't make sense to me um even if it's true or whatever um but i do get what's happening in the scene and i think regardless it is it it's a big moment you know what i mean it's very important to recognize that at that moment after that happens that he is um like it's uncertain to hux what what's going to happen from now on and kylo ren establishes his dominance and saying like i you need to shut your mouth i rule this town you know i mean it's just basically that from tfa to that point they were kind of like the two brothers under snoke like butting heads and like trying to Mm -hmm. compete for who's what. And he slammed that door real quick. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why Hux is the way that he is in that movie is because, uh, Ryan wanted to make him that, you know what I mean? 
wanted to make him second best and and be submissive to Kylo Ren by to make that scene the big impactful scene there. Can I say um, one thing really quick? Yeah, no, you're fine. My favorite thing about that scene is that Domhnall Gleeson added the shot where he grabs his gun like he's about to kill Kylo. Like that yeah. was all Domhnall Gleeson that wasn't in the script. And he said to Ryan, like, my character would have done this. There would have been a split moment where he thought that that was the thing to do. And then he covers And I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. John, we need to do like a an afterwards where like you a, a bonus behind the scenes for Patreon or something where we, we try to figure out <laughs> get to the, the language on that. I, I'm just like, I don't see how you <laughs> see it that way. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um mm. but let's let's talk about another scene. Um for for me, okay, we we this is a little bit again behind the scenes for what was going on here, but I think we all kind of lightly agreed that one of the best scenes in the movie is Ray reaching for the, the lightsaber in the force awakens lightsaber comes to her and it's big impactful because there wasn't anybody who thought that was going to be Ray. Everybody right. thought that was going to be Luke. Yep. And when it becomes Ray, it, the, everybody who was watching the movie all went through that process of like, how do I feel about the fact that it wasn't Luke? And then I think most people uh, came out on the positive end of that. Right. And Mm -hmm. from that moment on, I mean, it was cool before, but from that moment on, we get into this battle between Ray and Kylo. That's just like amazing, which ultimately, uh, I don't want to say ends because this isn't the point that it it exactly ends. But to me, that fight, its biggest climax pivotal moment is uh, when he pins her up and uh, he's saying, like, you need a teacher. And the red and the blue are flickering back and forth on their faces. And this was kind of something that they were doing uh, with the lightsabers and, and they were having them, you know, actually be lit in person to, to add these effects. It was just so cool. And so real. Um, uh, it was, uh, it was what Laura Santeca talks about. This will begin to make things right. It just felt so good to see that on screen after so many years of thinking we're never going to get another, you know, uh, big lightsaber battle like this again. Um, so I don't know. Uh, that's that's my pick is the uh, Star Killer battle between Ray and Kylo. That is such a good pick, and I love that part too. Especially the way she says the Force. It's like this confusing, like the Force. Oh yes, it's this thing everybody's been telling me about, and then she just dials it in and owns him. But yeah, the thing I love about that is exactly what you said. The behind the scenes stuff on the DVD extras where they talk about how they shot it and they have these big gigantic light panels and they were flashing these lights at them as they're standing there. So that's where they get these like flashing of the lights. That stuff is just so cool. And um, real quick, serendipitously mm-hmm. you can see uh, her fighting style mirrors Palpatine's before she dials into the force. Right. So her, she does it, that like, her instinctive yeah. way of fighting is a stabbing motion. And then once she connects with the force, she does it in a more Jedi sort of way. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not to get off topic, but we did have discussions in the months leading up to the Rise of Skywalker, especially James, you were super interested in it, of Ray's tapping into her aggression and anger. Mm-hmm. So it just, it makes sense that that's 
what we got mm-hmm. in that fight. And how, and I'm, I'm sorry again. I'm it's doing okay. It. And that moment and how it ties in with her like being at peace and tapping into yep. it later in Rise of Skywalker. Like you watch that scene where she taps into the force, she closes her eyes, realizes what she has to do, and then kicks butt. It's like the same thing again in Rise of Skywalker. It's like that's Ray's signature move is she, she gets lost and confused, dials it back, figures herself out, comes right back. She does that so many times in the series too. Like there's so many certain moments that she just does this like breathing and then she's in the zone. All right. So my pick, my first pick is um, one that I brought up in my review for the rise of Skywalker with these guys, which was Finn, Poe and Chewie and the Falcon at the beginning of the rise of Skywalker. This scene to me, I think is one of, if not my favorite scene from the rise of Skywalker And um, it just felt like pure Star Wars to me, like from like this ragtag team getting together to get what they need. But then they're in trouble. How are we going to get out of this? Um, The confidence that Finn has going into the seat with the gunner um, compared to TFA and the way him and Chewie and Poe interact and the way Poe and Chewie interact and Poe's so confident and he's flying the Falcon. It's the first time we see him doing that. Everything about it, the chasing is just so awesome and fun and exciting. And it's exactly what I want from a Star Wars action adventure is that first few minutes of that that scene. Yeah, I, I agree. I remember when we first saw it, that's the next that's the first thing you see after the opening, which was Kylo and Palpatine, which yeah. is like, what is this is dark? <laughs> what is going on? And then you see the hyperspace and then it's just like an action sequence that is satisfying in a way where it's like the door closes and then boom, they take off and then that drops and those things slam into that. And it's just like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a fist pumping action packed moment with a lot of humor sprinkled in. Uh, I get shades of like Han Solo with Poe, like apologizing to Chewie for digging up the Falcon. Yeah. And I got that scene from Solo where all the fighters fly in and Solo's looking at him and he's like, oh, I got this. Like, I got the same vibes from Poe. And I wonder if they kind of tried to play off that a little bit where they're staring at all of them. Yeah. And they get get R2 involved, which is always a bonus for me. So um, it felt new. It felt fresh, but it also felt vintage. So it's a nice blend there for me. So that's a good pick. Um, All right. My next one, our fourth pick in the Kessel Run. Um, which one am I going with here? Um, the celebration at the end of the rise of Skywalker before we see Ray, uh, arriving on Tatooine, um, that whole scene where they get back and, uh, Finn is kind of looking around, like embracing the victory and seeing everyone happy and celebrating. Uh, you can see almost, he has like tears in his eyes. They're cranking the theme, uh, trying to well you up. Um, that uh, Chewie getting the medal from Maz, that that ties you up. And then seeing everyone else hugging and, and embracing, and it just seems like this giant celebration, giant party. Then Ray shows up, checks BB-8's antenna, and this time it's like right, uh, meaning like a, everything's right. And then she spots Finn and Poe, and then they're like, oh my God, yes. And they hug, and that hug like gets me every time. Because you feel it's also... The actors just saying like we're we did this and we were nobodies for the most part and we became superstars through this uh, and got through all this together. So it's a story thing, but it's also a real life thing. And then even the humor with Poe and 
Zori Bliss, which was improv a bit, like, can I kiss you now? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, 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 okay, okay. Uh, so just there, there's so many little nuggets in that two-minute stretch that you can just be like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, something about The movie could have ended there if they wanted it to, and I would have loved it. C-3PO says, his, you guys know I like bookends. And C-3PO says, did you hear that as his final line? And that's his first line in A New Hope. Um, just, I, that had like Kasdan written all over to me, even though he wasn't a writer on the movie. So, uh, it just, it scratched me where I itch. I don't know what to tell you that, that it's, uh, uh I don't know. It's like a, uh, a warming feeling that scene. I really enjoyed it a lot. I forgot. I have to talk about what you <laughs> just said. I, on all my picks, it's like, I'm getting skewered on this episode. It's just like... <laughs> Like it's like if Conan O'Brien was uh, hosting a show and Andy Richter, and they put a mannequin of Andy Richter there instead of actually Andy Richter. That's what's going on right now. Is, is that what's going on? Yeah. I was just thinking about my next pick, and but I was thinking <laughs> you've said it all, like about that scene. It's it's exactly what you're saying. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a celebration of the entire series. It's supposed to be <clears> a celebration <throat> of the trilogy. It's supposed to be a celebration of the victory. Um, and they do a good job of wrapping up every character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wish the movie ended there. Honestly, I thought it was the perfect ending of the movie. And I, I loved the metal part, especially like that. Oh, that got me that. And mm-hmm. the, the look on Ray's face when she sees Finn and Poe always gets me where she and the just music. like her lip is quivering. She's yeah. like, she looks like she's about to lose it. And you know, the whole movie, she's been so strong. So and, you know, James, you were saying there's no standout music from The Rise of Skywalker, but I I remember that the music that John Williams pumps through there is just like... See, it's funny that you say that because I, I was about to say, I you say the music, but I can't pick out any discernible music that I remember even at that scene. I couldn't tell you if it's like the, the Force theme or what. It's a new thing that he did for that movie in particular, but... I mean, I'll have to listen to it on the uh, soundtrack or give it a little bit of focus. Um, What's the name of that planet, too? I always forget the name of that. Uh, Kef Beer? No. That's it's not got no, an no. A. It's like Oh, my a- gosh. Now we look crazy. Long something or... Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's on I'll the Monopoly game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you're catching me off guard. Um what uh what, what's my next pick? Oh, um I'll go with the holdo maneuver. Ooh. Cuz I think that that particular scene is iconic. Mhm. I think it will go down in a weird way, like say what you will about the movie. I think that uh, it's one of those things that they could show on a reel for what we love about the movies, like in an Oscar reel or something like that. You know, this scene of of seeing that ship take off and then hit all the other ones, they all explode. And it's just, it's so beautiful and the sound is amazing. And it's just, it catches you so off guard in that movie. Um because that is in a weird way. Like I saw videos on YouTube that were like, 
they've now brought in this fundamental problem of why, you know, and it's, it's like, the, I want to see that explored. That's what I think is really cool. Like, it's almost like you're, you're playing with your toys and you're like, what if this light speed into the, the other ship, you know what I mean? It's like, they brought that to live action film and it's, and, and it's awesome. It's so cool the way that it's done and the reaction and um, they tied it to like a character sacrifice. And I don't know. I just, uh, the whole thing I think is good. I think, I think it's almost one of those things. Like we talk about John Williams and the music and stuff. It's like, say what you will about the movie. I don't think very many people were like, that was dumb. Now they may say it was dumb that it was Holdo, but they don't say that the, the act of flipping it around and blowing up all the ships being one individual, the light speed into the other ships. I don't feel like I get that very often. I feel like most people like that. Absolutely. I, I think, could be wrong though. No, this is a great scene. I remember in the movie theater when it happens, the first time I saw it, everyone in the room just went <gasps> and you like heard them do it because there's obviously no sound. But yeah. then when the sound comes booming back in, it's like this like really jarring noise of all the ships exploding it's just so impactful. And all they did was just remove the sound for like a couple mm -hmm. seconds to make that statement. And um, the idea that someone just rammed their ship at light speed through another ship is just insane. <laughs> it's so crazy. But it's one of those things like you never even considered it to be a thing until it happens. Then you're like, whoa, this is so cool. This is so, so cool. So, yeah, I totally agree with that pick. John, anything to yeah. add? I like that they mentioned it too in the Rise of Skywalker. People said it was a jab. I thought it was like a tribute. Um, Me too. Because he was like, yeah. "Let's do some real damage." Uh, so I thought that was cool that they connected that way. But yeah, awesome and scene. First time I saw it, same thing. I was like, "They broke it. The sound broke." And then you know you what's hear, funny? <laughs> you know what's funny about that scene that I that never really occurred to me until right now. The um not the the holdo scene, but the Beaumont Kin saying that that's a lot of holdo remover maneuvers, is that he is saying, let's do it. Let's get in our ships and light yeah. speed straight into them. I don't care if I die. Yeah. I'm willing, I'm willing to do that. Uh right. and I think we we're all on the same page here. Poe says, hold, you know, hold your horses. That shot was one in a million. Even if we wanted to do that, we probably Finn wouldn't says, hit the target. Yeah. yeah. Finn says that, Poe says that. I think Finn says it's a one million. Oh, I think that's kind of an answer to fans too, being like, oh, this is a loophole. Like this is the writer saying, no, it's not. It was like a one in a million thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So my choice is kind of similar to my first choice. So this is halfway point here. This is number yes. six. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and it is Ray and Finn flying the Falcon in the force awakens. Um, this scene from the moment that she says the garbage will do and they ran to the Falcon and everyone in the audience cheered to see the Millennium Falcon to these two kids that don't know what they're doing, getting into the, I can do this, I can do this. And then they pull off this crazy scene of shooting down the First Order and flying through Imperial ships. It was just so exciting. And we saw clips of it in teasers and trailers leading up to The Force Awakens. And we all just assumed it was Han Solo. Um, so for it to be Ray and Finn was kind of exciting that it's a passing of the torch and they're taking the ship and, you know, saving the day with something that's familiar, but they're making it their own. But then there was also this like, 
naive, we're young, we're figuring it out, we're not sure. Um, so despite people saying that this, like, you know, Ray's a Mary Sue, she, she flew it into stuff, she dragged it on the ground, she broke stuff off of it. I loved that it was just so like, okay, well, I don't have a choice, I guess I'm going to do this. Um, and similarly to how I felt about Finn and Poe and Chewie in The Rise of Skywalker, with this scene, when I saw it in the movie theater, I remember being like, Star Wars is back. Like, this is Star Wars to me. Like, chase scenes with uh, bad guys and pulling off crazy maneuvers and uh, flying the Millennium Falcon. Like, it's everything that I wanted from a chase scene in the first movie back to the Star Wars franchise. And honestly, I know that the Finn and Poe one came before this, but it's just something about being back in the Millennium Falcon was just so exciting. So yeah. it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, there's the Falcon fan service triggered, nostalgia triggered. Yes, and then it, yes. And then it becomes like, oh, this is the Falcon. We're seeing new stories with the Falcon now. And like when the gun breaks and they do the flip and still figure out how to knock out that TIE fighter. I mean, there's nothing better than when things go wrong on the Falcon, but they still get it done somehow. It's just like Mm -hmm. it's a a beautiful thing when when that happens because it's supposed to be this imperfect ship. And I feel like they nailed that well. And then, like you say, uh, the parallels with Finn then versus the rise of Skywalker where he's like, I got this. And that one, he's like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing this? uh, (laughs) And they're both telling each other, like, I can do this, you know. Um, It's like, you know, it's that... Like George Lucas said, that coming of age, like, can I do this? Like, it's it's having those doubts and fears and stuff, but um, tackling them instead of and running away the, from them. So Yeah, and it's yeah. the callbacks to Han and Luke in A New Hope, where he's like, don't get cocky, kid, that type thing. Right. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like no, that. Great scene, high action scene, and then it takes it takes them off Jakku in, in a great way. Um, mm-hmm. I, high action, love it, and... Um, the special effects were elite in that scene too. Um, good pick. All right, number seven. We're at the second, the back half here. Um, I'm going with the um, Kylo Ren. Um, Layer. He's fighting and he's got Ray beaten down on the Death Star wreckage, about to deliver the kill shot, which he he had her. She was dead to rights. She had nothing left. She couldn't even lift her saber anymore. And he's full of rage. And all of a sudden, something stops him. He looks back. And he hears uh, Leia say Ben, uh, which uh, winds up being her last word, actually. And uh, it makes him stop, drop the saber. Uh, and then obviously what happens with Ray, and she heals him in his scars. But then he goes on and has the memory of Han Solo on the bridge. Uh, and he connects with him there. That whole sequence from Leia connecting with him to uh, his conversation with Han to him throwing the lightsaber is uh, the that could have been the, the end of the character for me because I wasn't huge on what they did with the Ben Solo stuff. So uh, that whole sequence um, gets me very emotional, especially the Hey Kid part uh, when he's just um, standing there. And then when he says, Dad, and he says, I know, which means he, he was trying to say, I love you, but he couldn't get it out. And he just kind of gave him the old I know, which is a nod. But that whole sequence means a great deal to me. I think it's some powerful Star Wars storytelling and uh, a hell of a way for Leia and Han to go out in the saga, having a heavy impact um, in that way, uh, especially with Carrie Fisher being gone. I still am amazed how they handled uh, her and giving her arguably 
her biggest impact in the trilogy in a movie she wasn't alive to be in is um insane achievement. Yeah, I I I don't know that they I don't know. I think Lacey, you've expressed your feelings on this, but I don't know how you could have done this much better. Um I think there's something very special about the fact that they can revisit that moment and not paint a red light on it, but paint a blue light on it, you know, just give this, this feeling of, um, uh, baptism and all the water they're surrounded in, you know, and it, it just, it, there's so much there that means so much. And I actually think like one of the bigger points too, and I know I've, I didn't actually pick up on it the first watch, but I know most people have by now. It's been talked about a lot, but I didn't get the the Ben I know thing. I, I just thought that was just a line, but then I realized that I think on second viewing or maybe talking to you guys right after the movie, but that is, that's, that's good writing. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's like they pull something from the original trilogy that was, I don't feel like I need to hear that anymore and somehow convinced everybody. All right. One more time. That was one good. more. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, a, uh, it's almost like toy story three or something. Like you get one, you like it, you like it too. And you're like, Hey, you're pushing your luck. Don't do three. And then somehow everybody's like, all right, you got me. Three was great. You know, mm-hmm. that's so good. But, um, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that that scene is awesome. Why I laughed earlier is cause you said, I think that could have been the end of the character there. And I was like, well, how would they have killed him off? And I pictured Han going, I know. And then stabbing him through. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I say something really quick? So I feel like I expressed my opinion about how they brought Han back and it overshadowed how I feel about the scene. I still think the scene is super emotional. I think it's a great way for him to connect with Han. The I know line is so heartbreaking, but yet heart filling in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a wonderful scene. I just don't get how they brought Han back, but it doesn't lessen the weight and emotion of that scene. So it's a great scene. That's the exact thing to me like what I was saying earlier about the, like the Supreme leader is dead thing. Like there's something weird. That's like kind of taking me out of it, but like I get what's being conveyed and it's great. And it's still a great scene. Yeah. I just feel like I watched the episode back and I was like, Oh, this sounds like I hated the scene. And I absolutely (laughs) did not. I did not at all. So I just wanted to say that. Sorry. Didn't mean to take over. No, you're fine. Um, my next one is actually kind of what you were talking about earlier, Lacey, when you said like this scene makes me feel like Star Wars is back. Mm-hmm. Um, it is when the resistance attacks uh, the First Order at Maz's castle. Yep. So good. There is a lot in that scene that really stands out. And it's like the very first teaser we got like Black Friday is like, Oh, here's one shot of X-Wings flying over the water and it immediately blows your mind. Like you're like, I knew that was possible, but I've mm-hmm. never wow. I've seen it and it's crazy. Those are X-Wings not in space. They're like, you know, fighting in atmosphere and they're like right. doing it in a really cool like stealthy way like below the radar. Like that's uh, it's exactly what uh Han 
says that the the movie, if we fly any higher, they're going to pick us up. You know what I mean? So it's like the mm-hmm. resistance is aware of that. They're flying low. Um, but I mean, everything about uh, that that scene is is awesome, and the probably the the biggest portion of it for me personally is the Poe kills like thirteen or fourteen or <laughs> fifteen <laughs> Tie right, Fighters, yeah. and in this very well crafted J.J. Um, Abrams style, like his like he loves the like long cut running yep. scenes kind of thing. He particularly crafts this out to follow the ship all the way through and how it like loops through and flies over Finn. It's just like, it makes you feel like you're Finn and you almost like watch the scene looking at the the screen and you Mm -hmm. almost want to like follow Poe like Mm -hmm. through past you. Um, Cause it, he just pops off of the screen there and, and you know, Finn cheers and they cut to That's one hell of a pilot. loving it you know he's like yeah. ah, I'm, I'm alive you know in the pilot seat so yeah. um yep that's uh one of my picks that's such a good moment and the funny thing is now watching it after you've seen it a billion times uh the fact that he's saying that about poe and he doesn't know poe's alive and they're like buddies from the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and he it's just it's so funny it's so cool um but that scene when they're flying over the water is like one of the coolest flight shots in star Wars too. Like when that was in the trailer, everyone was like, Oh my God. Um, but yeah, that was a great, great. And that's, if I'm not mistaken, the introduction of the resistance music in the movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not. Yes. It's a resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And they go into reading news articles and giving their takes on it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. All right, so my next choice is from The Last Jedi. It is Killing Snoke slash the throne room fight scene between Rey and Kylo. Um, This scene was, again, one of those scenes in the movie theater, and I kind of pull my favorite scenes from reactions I had in the theater experiences. That's just who I am as a person. So this scene Mm -hmm. was one of those things that when Ben Solo... Kylo Ren kill Snoke. Everyone was like, yeah, it's happening. Cause mm-hmm. like, you didn't know if he was going to do it or not. And then the scene that proceeds after with them fighting is super cool. Whether you agree with the choreography or not, it's super fun. It's fun to watch. I love the shot, how it starts in slow-mo and they go back to back and then it speeds up. Um, it's so cool mm-hmm. how it's one big scene that they shot in one take. They just kept going. They didn't break it up. It's like all at once. They did the, sh- the fighting themselves. Um, it's just, it's super fun. And the, the production set itself of it being this like sleek black mirrored floors, red, uh, you know, drapery that sets on fire. And it's super, super cool. And it gets super <laughs> emotional, like later in the scene, but. The killing of Snoke was super satisfying for me, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so I remember when I was seeing that happen. The yeah, it was very confusing to the audience, I think, because everyone kind of gasped, and it was a big, the big hall at the premiere. premiere there was like yeah, hundreds of people there. And the people are like, what? Oh. And then when she catches the lightsabers, when everyone's like, ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I love the shot of his fingers too. It's such a simple yes. shot. Yeah. 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 
And um, yeah, the, so that moment was just kind of like, now we have no idea where this movie's going. And right, my right. mind starts racing like, well, so is Kylo Ren then he's the he's going to be the big bad or is, is someone else going to be showing up? Or And then you see them fighting. And um, uh, I think the standout for me is when she throws... Um, mm-hmm. as a lefty too, and I appreciate that. She throws a lightsaber and he <laughs> puts it puts it through the guy's eye, and I just thought, just like, pew, pew, and that just, puff uh, of smoke that they threw through there, yeah. Just, and then the body just drops to the ground, <laughs> yeah. And then that that's just them putting a, like almost like a literal exclamation point using a lightsaber on that scene, just like Bing, mm-hmm. and then we can transition into the um, dramatic part of mm-hmm. uh, that after, but. Yeah, it's a it's a huge moment. I mean, even people putting the music to it, all different popular music for oh, time, yeah. and it, <laughs> yeah. it became a viral thing. So it's just one of those scenes from that movie that I think people will always go back to as you, that the the throne room scene, just like the catch in a, in a football game with Joe Montana. Like, you, did you see the throne room scene? Like, they know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. So it's the scene um, they use for the preview in Netflix. Was that scene? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I wonder if you. Um, I wonder if you Billy on the street it and was like the throne room scene from Star Wars. How many people would pick that over other ones? Oh, specifically like Return of the Vader, Jedi. Yeah. 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 Or the metal ceremony is considered the throne room in uh, A New Hope too. But or I think- even possibility Rise of Skywalker, like the whole ending with the throne sure. and the spikes out and all this other stuff it's like beetlejuice if you said the the throne room like what people would think of yeah yeah um we'll talk about that piece of real estate in a bit um (laughs) all right next uh my final pick so this is our 10th pick we're almost at the end of the kessel run uh the end of tfa uh when ray arrives on octo and uh the jedi steps music kicks in and she kind of does her ascent very dramatic to uh, find Luke Skywalker. Uh, I think this this is for me my favorite musical track in the sequel trilogy. I think it is powerful. I think it's uplifting. It has like this heroic feeling to it, but also some mystery. And just seeing Ray after what she went through from being on Jakku, like selling parts for for scrubs of food to about to meet her destiny as a teacher in Luke Skywalker was very emotional. And it was the closest I got to tearing up during a star Wars movie ever at that point T T the rise of Skywalker put me over the edge on that, but it was the closest I got to that point. And, uh, it's something about that scene. I don't know what it is, but it very emotional to me and very powerful. Uh, and, uh, then you finally see Luke Skywalker and I'm saying this up until the helicopter shot. Up until the helicopter shot is my favorite scene. So, yeah. It's accurate. Um, I'm 100% with you on the the music. Um, specifically, like, again, what I was saying earlier about the other movies, like, this isn't a callback, and it also isn't even anybody's, like, theme, and it isn't, like, supposed to be. It just is such good written music Mm-hmm. That you walk out of the theater and you're like, it's it's imprinted on me. Even if I can't hum it back to you, I want to hear that song again. It yeah. I, yeah. And I think a lot of the reason that that moment, I mean, there's, it's Luke Skywalker back on the screen for the first time. You know what I mean? There's, <laughs> there's enough there to hold you over on why that scene is impactful. But, uh, you know, you take, you take the music out of that uh, scene 
and everybody would be like, this feels weird. I feel like I should be really excited about this moment and it's nothing's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but no, it is crazy. I mean, like the whole, the whole turnaround thing and the, the fact that he's standing in front of the grave and the fact that, uh, Bad Last Jedi theories. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, you know, there's been eleven Star Wars movies now. It's my favorite ending to a Star Wars movie ever. Before the we helicopter should do shot. a Kessel Run of the t- top twelve endings, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> including the animated uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So that's my last pick, James. You're up on number eleven. Uh, last one is going to be uh, Luke and Yoda on Octo, uh, where Yoda gets brought back uh, in the Force. Um, the reason I like this scene is, well, for, first and foremost, before we get into why I liked it, I will say that on, I think if you go back and listen to our like recap, I, I will say, hands down best scene in the movie, in my opinion. Like that to me was the big takeaway from the movie is this scene where nobody, like we all had our theories of who was going to show up in the movie. Do you think Leota will show up? But there he's walking up and they do the like pan to the left and he's just there. And it's just, you can hear it in the audience. Everybody goes, Oh, there's that <laughs> gasp that like, Oh my gosh. Like, What's about to happen? Shh, shut, shut up, shut up, everybody, shut up! <laughs> like this, this shut is about mouth. to happen right now. It's like it doesn't matter if you are liking the movie or not. So far, it's like shut up, shut up. You know, I think that's just why I love it so much. And and he goes through the whole thing, you know, about teaching them this, and and it still makes me think like. How do you write stuff like that, man? It's just so like, I did tell you to teach her everything, you know, like I told the good stuff and the good stuff, but also the bad stuff. You got to pass that stuff on. It's like that to me is like underappreciated Chinese proverbs that just get written into the Star Wars movie and people overlook. I'm like, that's huge, important stuff about teaching your failures as well. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot in that scene. And I think it's, it's really special. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite scenes in The Last Jedi as well. I think the Yoda reveal is great. I love how he stomps his feet when he's laughing at Luke. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and I really took away from that scene, like, they are what we you know they grow beyond us they are what we grow beyond or whatever um and then the idea of failure is like not just good things but teaching the failures as well is just as important mistakes are just as important as su- uh, succeeding at things is what then leads into the scene which is one of my favorite scenes from the sequel tril- sequel trilogy is when luke faces down the first order So you have Luke show up, which is an emotional scene for any Star Wars fan that Luke shows up. He walks through that fiery charred door, faces down all like that is hands down. I keep saying hands down. Beautiful shot (laughs) of all the vehicles and, and ships and stuff and Kylo Ren and his ship with Hux. 
and you have just Luke standing there on his own. And like, what a message of like standing up for what you believe in, standing down the bad guys, like sacrificing yourself for the greater good, which is super important. Um, and what Luke Skywalker is all about. And I think that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to portray there. But the idea that he tries to get his forgiveness from Kylo Ren says that he's not the last one. And then the big reveal that he's not even there, that he's so powerful, so awesome as a Jedi master that he is taking down the First Order and he's not even physically there to do it. He's doing it with the force like that is just so cool. Um, But for me personally, this scene meant a lot to me. I grew up loving Luke Skywalker. He was my number one favorite character. And the whole movie, I was kind of in this mode of like, but where's my Luke? Where's the Luke I know? And to get that scene was such a payoff for the whole movie where you see him as like, who is this guy he's turned into? And then you get the the big moment of like the hero Luke, the optimistic Luke, the Luke that's willing to put everything on the line for the people that he cares about and then for the rest of the galaxy, even if it means sacrificing himself. And that, to me, is one of the best scenes in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, that, I mean... That's, hands down. Uh, that's hands great, down. I mean, his hand was down after he disappeared. His metal hand hit the rock and fell down, <laughs> literally, hands down. Um, but I think Mark Hamill's... Uh, performance in the last jedi was his best as luke i i for me i think mm-hmm. um just because it was a way more complex take on uh luke. The sacred now, text. I Mar- I, yeah, I, now i know mark hamill uh personally doesn't like what happened but he still was a pro and he crushed it and did a great job and that last scene you know where luke's like crawling up like he has nothing left and you see him back on octo and he's crawling up after having done what he did and gets back up, uh, re- gets his composure again, uh, and then sees the second sun appear and then fades into the forest is just, you know, talking about bookends, man, mm-hmm. put that up against him looking out to the horizon in a new hope. And I've seen people make that blend that, that clip thing. That's it's crazy. It is a really good scene. And, um, it could have been, it could have been like one of those things, like ah oh, man. But I think as more time goes on, I like it more and more because now sure. I'm used to that being a force power. Whereas at first I was like, they're doing that now, holy cow! What else they're gonna do? <laughs> uh, but now that it's established, um, I, I like it more and more, and it's gonna keep aging well. So good pick. Uh, but that's it, guys. That is our Kessel run. So I'll do a real quick rundown here before we hop over to Resistance Transmission. So our favorite. Our top 12, our favorite scenes in the sequel trilogy. We have uh, Kylo Ren and Hux on the Supremacy right after killing Snoke. The Supreme Leader is dead. Kylo Ren choking out Hux. Um, uh, Number two, the lightsaber flying into Rey's hand, that iconic moment in The Force Awakens uh, when she's about to take on uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, Third, uh, Finn, Poe, and Chewie on the Falcon, that high-octane action scene in The Rise of Skywalker to kick things off. Um, I forget what where they were, what planet that was, but that ice iceberg uh, planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of the Rise of Skywalker celebration on Ajon Kloss. Um, the Holdo maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I looked up quick. The Holdo maneuver. Uh, Ray, Finn, and uh, the Falcon on TFA. The escape from Jakku. Uh, Leia and Han connecting with Ben one more time for his return to the light, uh, killing Kylo Ren. 
Uh, Resistance fleet on Takodana when we first see here the March of the Resistance uh, and Finn's on the ground. Um, uh, TLJ uh, killing Snoke in that whole iconic throne room fight scene. Uh, the end of TFA with the Jedi Steps music when Rey goes to meet uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, Yoda showing up on Octo to teach Luke his final lesson. Uh, and Luke uh, projecting himself to Crate. Uh, Luke's to arc Kylo was Ren. in our favorite scenes. Huh? Luke's arc in the sequel trilogy, kind of. Because it's like, we meet him. He meets Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, without a doubt. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Luke passes away at that point. But th- that's our 12 picks. So, um, obviously, I know some of yours are going to be in there, but some of yours are going to be something completely different. There's a tons of tons, like 90 to 100 scenes in the sequel trilogy. So, let us know in the comments what your picks were. People are going to be commenting on those. Get the conversation going and hit us up on Twitter, too, uh, with your picks at RBATSWN. And how about this? Quote tweet our episode with your favorite scene from with the sequel trilogy. With hashtag hands down. With hashtag hands hmm. down, yeah. Hashtag um, hands and, down. And speaking of Twitter, we're going to send it over to Lacey now uh, to hear from you guys in Resistance Transmissions. And I think you guys did some good ones, so uh, I'm excited to get into this. Lacey? All right, guys. It's time for Resistance Transmissions. <laughs> so the way that this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situational you know, I looked up, by the way, the French way to say it, and it's more like situation. It's not like the way I say it, but whatever, situation. I think some of our French listeners have told you that before, right? I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I just find it fun to say it that way. Right. Anyway. Good point. Yeah. So he puts up a scenario, and you guys give your answers, and then we pick a collection of them, and we read them out loud. So I haven't read these before, if you're new to the show. Um, and we see what happens, basically. All right. So <laughs> the scenario is, after being revived, Sheev Palpatine, a.k.a. Sheevy Babes, contacted his real estate, oh, real, real estate agent to find a new place, eventually going with Exegol. What was the real estate listing description for Exegol, <laughs> for the Exegol location that sold Palpatine on going there? <laughs> John, how do you come up with these? Uh, pure illness. It's like a Chinese <laughs> proverb. This is right there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest teacher real estate is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up is Danny. Hi, Danny at Chibigon89. And she said, ancient Sith ruins conveniently located at the stage ancient of an... Ancient Sith grounds. Oh, what did I say? Ruins? Oh. <laughs> Asian Sith grounds conveniently located at the stage of an arena with lots of open spaces and power plugs to sustain a small lab and a gigantic <laughs> life support unit. If deep blue skies and frequent thunderstorms are your thing, then Exegol is the place for you. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Rogue Squad 2 at Rogue underscore Squad 2 said, check out this 200,000 square foot beauty. Large pit with no railing, (laughs) huge granite statues to ward off solicitors, natural lighting, RV and Star Destroyer parking, (laughs) entertainment room with seating for thousands, ADA... (laughs) (laughs) 
ADA approved elevator. <laughs> and it even hovers, so no worries for earthquakes. <laughs> oh my gosh. These are oh, wow. long. I'm just seeing it as a blanket thing. Okay, Micah Harrison at Micah X Machina said, Located in a quiet neighborhood, state-of-the-art security system won't last long, just outside the known regions. <laughs> Spacious, minimalist <laughs> decor. All utilities included except electric. <laughs> Cables come in crisp, by the way. Cables come in crisp by way of relay towers. Working skylight with incredible view. <laughs> Nice. Sounds good. The skyline where she's looking up at death. That's good. All right. Next up is Scott Gibson at Scott Gibby. Hi, Scott. He said, spacious, open concept, rural home. (laughs) Open concept. Well done. Uh, Rural home off the beaten path. Perfect for a few thousand roommates. Can't accommodate exactly (laughs) one cult with fleet. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to die for breakfast nook off the main coliseum <laughs> with an excellent stone chair that comes with the property. This actually <laughs> sounds like a legit one, like open concept. <laughs> I think I think the other ones do too. That yeah. one sounds more like a B and B, Airbnb <laughs> listing rather than a real uh, estate listing. I love it. Okay, Rick Two S O Villanueva at Cad Bain's Bounty said, "What up, Rick?" Built in trackless elevator leads to the galaxy's largest man cave (laughs) (laughs) with a massive skylight, lots of space for the grandkids to play. (laughs) 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 Or if you simply want to hang around (laughs) solo in your PJs, PJs looking to buy. Do it. Do it. Do it. That was Grand good, kids to play. <laughs> she only dies oh, wow. there. Yeah. All right. Next up is Jerry the Cannon Junkie at the Cannon Junkie. What up, Jerry? He said, amenities, large indoor outer space hellscape arena. <laughs> Perfect for indoor sports, mudroom, or tempting law. <laughs> Or tempting long-lost family members to ritually ritually sacrifice you so your evil essence can possess them for all time. Or a mudroom. Or a mudroom. Despite some electrical issues, move in ready. (laughs) (laughs) Next is Vanessa Fontaine at NessaFace04. She says, Sith Temple, set to go fast, comes with second layer for your secret granddaughter that you're training to overthrow you. (laughs) Bonus arena large enough for all the Sith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next is Apotheliptic. I can't say that. Apocalyptic. Rar at (laughs) Apocalyptic. Rar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a guar album it's yeah. a lot of words okay <clears throat> he says or he or she says exegol parenthesis unknown regions the ultimate in sith lord luxury zero beds zero baths <laughs> <laughs> but one gangar- gar- gargantuan stone throne and possible one star forge 
unused for over a millennia. <laughs> <laughs> I love zero bats. Zero that's bats. What, yeah. That's what made it on for me. I laughed when I oh saw that. Oh, my gosh. Alex Zukas <laughs> at Zubaka says, if you ever wanted to become a robotic marionette, this is the place for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last but not least is Brian Pothier at B Pothier, and he said, Hi, Brian. For rent by owner, contact Plagueis D Serious or, or Plagueis D Serious Inquiries Only. No light side or turnable dark dark users. Directions only by Wayfinder. No agents, please. We're doing some dark stuff here. <laughs> I loved contact Plagueis, comma D. <laughs> All right, guys. Owner. Well done. You know what's funny? This was an example of not over the top shock value, just genuine, funny, creative answers that are based in realism. And I think that's my sense of humor is when things are based in actual things that's when i laugh you, you know what i laughed at that i feel like got overlooked in there is what? there was uh micah said just outside the known regions just outside the known regions yeah yeah it's i don't even know how to explain why that's funny it's just funny these are these are so good guys it's thank you so much funny. <laughs> hands down funny hashtag hands down uh, if you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Every week, John puts up something like this. <laughs> like, Shivy Babe's looking for some property <laughs> to invest. Um, <laughs> and you guys give your answers. Other than that, back to you, John. All right. Guys, thank you so much for watching and listening and being a part of the resistance. Uh, and thanks for those of you who sent those tweets. Those are always a good time to end the show. Whether we're doing a fun thing like the Kessel Run or a serious discussion about Ben Demption, you guys always uh, help us round out the show with some good laughs. So thank you for that. Make sure you're all subscribed to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. Um, we are, uh, as uh, we had mentioned previously, running that uh, hashtag rate the resistance uh, giveaway on Apple Podcasts. So if you are a podcast app, uh, Apple Podcast user, um, just rate us there. Uh, five stars, preferably. Uh, take a screenshot, tweet us at RBATSWNN, and uh, use the hashtag rate the resistance. And you're in to win one of our t shirts. Could be uh, Make Solo 2 Happen. It could be one of the new ones, uh, I Am All the Jedi. Your pick. So all you have to do is do that. And you'll be in to win and also help us in the process. So we appreciate that. Uh, make sure you guys go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast. Lacey told you all about it earlier. If you want to support us and also get some awesome exclusive content, uh, that's where you go. Pick your tier and sign up. We really appreciate all the support. Awesome. Um, what's that? No, <laughs> I said awesome. It's not like it's us hanging out, talking. That's it. Just, you know, air quoting. That's what we do over there. Um, uh, where am I now? Oh, Tee Public. I already told you about that. Go get our shirts. Uh, especially if you don't win one for Rate the Resistance, you're going to need to buy one. So go over there. And uh, then that's it. You uh, Did we thank Generals? I didn't thank the Generals. I thanked them at the top last week, and I almost skipped them just now. Our Patreon Generals, Carmelo. Andrew Staley, who just crushed that Patreon pod race. Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Seth Keim, Micah Harrison, Tampa movie guy Gary, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, thank you so much, and thanks, Lacey, yes. for reminding me about that. No um, problemo. 
You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and Star Wars News Net. Uh, James. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. Lacey. You can find me just outside the known regions. The known regions. <laughs> uh, at Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right, guys, this has hands down been a great episode. We appreciate everyone <laughs> tuning in. We're going uh, to have ourselves uh, a weekend, and we hope you do too, because as always, we'll be back on Monday morning with another episode right here <laughs> on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.